Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to another episode of the Shoot Your Shot Podcast. I am your host, C. Diddy, a.k.a. Kyrie Curving, a.k.a. Diddy Hendricks, a.k.a. Diddy Quarantino, a.k.a. the one true king of the South, a.k.a. NBA Youngboy, a.k.a. Poppy's Home, a.k.a. Him Over There, a.k.a. We On The Way for anyone who's in the way, a.k.a. We Aim For The Head, We Don't Aim To Please. And on the hotline, as always, is my wonderful and gracious co-host. Hey, y'all. It's your girl, Ali Nicole, a.k.a. your favorite little shit talker, a.k.a. that bald-headed badass, a.k.a. Miss Commitment Coochie, a.k.a. the certified lover girl, a.k.a. that little baby who has fallen in love. Calvin, how was your weekend? I will tell you this about my weekend. Um, my mindset I I told you about working on my mindset Mm -hmm. so my mindset is you know trying to change I you know as the great African American philosopher Young Jeezy once said minus the bullshit life's great Mm -hmm. Um, and I think I'm blessed to have the problems I have because remember the time that you will pray that you pray for the problem that you have now, right? Sure. So, so you know, you tr- you try to you try to let things roll off your sleeves, roll off your shoulders, because you know everything is subjective and not necessarily objective. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, this weekend, this past week, you know, hurdles that we've we've overcome, you know, things things that ain't go exactly our way, but you know, we 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 are right with it. We we good with it. You um, the pressure. You know what I'm saying? Just understand that understanding that, and I and I don't really have a desire or a want to really get into everything. Just understand that I'm blessed to have the problems I have. You know what I mean? It's, you know, because at a certain point, if you having problems means you're living. If you if you if you don't have any problems, you may you probably not living. You know what I mean? So that's where I am mentally currently. How about you, Miss? I'm in love. Or, so this past weekend, your girl was in the house for the most part. Um, I spent a lot of time in my current relationship, and honestly, like um, of now, mind you, she is currently doing arts and crafts. I Why? am okay. So shut up. I am currently working on. I'm always working on my vision board. Like that's truly the thing. Like um, when I need peace, or when I need to remember what who I am, when I need to just remember who I am, when I need a reminder about what I'm striving for, I start putting new things on my vision. And as I sit here and I look at it, there are so many things that are currently on here that I'm currently living, and it's wild. Because, again, you used to pray for times like this around like this, right? And now I'm looking at it, and it's like, okay, I, I, I got that knocked off. I do that. I do this. I do that. I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm really just taking care of myself in all three of the departments that I think govern my life, or I've always believed govern my life in. Watching things come together right now is just beautiful, and I'm not sitting here saying that that's perfect. I'm not. I'm not saying that you know, Shorty got all the answers and that you know I figured out life's purpose. I, I have not, but the fact that I'm starting to hit off goals, like check things off the box, like off the list, like getting shit out the way, looking like 
this homebuying process is not easy. And I am realizing that in that journey, that um, your girl may be a little underprepared, which is fair, right? And being honest with yourself, you have to say, okay, what is fair? What is feasible? What is what is actually obtainable? And what do you, can you do on your time, not anybody else? So just reassessing some things um, and, and adjusting my expectations accordingly, honestly. But um, in, in that, I just, in my new relationship or my current relationship, I hate calling it new, but in my current relationship, uh, we've hit a milestone and those feelings are super re- reciprocated and I'm just really excited to see what we do as a couple. I'm keeping it very cute. <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? I think, you know, I think, I think you can, you can do such. I think sometimes, you know, we have issues about, we, we're, we're so afraid, like, you know, they can't know your dreams. They might shoot them down, you know, and I understand validity in that, but it's also understanding that everything ain't for everybody, I think. And if you want, and everyone has the right to keep things private. So I applaud yeah. you. I applaud you in that. that. I still ain't met the nigga, and that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. not pressed to meet on. You know what I'm saying? I'm not pressed to meet um, anybody. If so. we make it that far, niggas want me hint to the wedding day if I have my way because I'm taking the Issa Rae approach to certain things. I really don't need feedback on who I'm fucking. I really don't need y'all opinions of y'all. That nigga is not unless y'all see start seeing signs of abuse or mishandlement of me to say something. Of course, that's my nigga and that's my friends. But until that's the case, I just need everybody to take a. Because the reason why things, and I, I'm not trying to be flippant when I say this, but things in my relationship are successful because nobody's in my business club. And I love it. Y'all know what y'all need to know. You know that your bitch is happy and well taken care of. And that's all I need. And the people that I need to go to advice for are qualified trained professionals to lead me and walk me in the right direction. Can I get aid? So I'm just very, I'm, he's not a secret. Everybody knows I'm in a relationship. Who I'm in a relationship with is no one's business. That part is business. But we are, we're not a secret. We are very, we're private about our relationship. We are public. So see us out, you see us out. Don't jump. It's really no one's business. So um, I'm just really enjoying taking this approach to my dating life. And not to be funny, there are a lot of things that are just very public about me. There are a lot of things I don't have a problem sharing. But I am protective over the people that I love. And this is something a little closer on a little chest and thus far i haven't been wrong in doing so so that is good um <laughs> with that being said calvin are you ready to chop the shit yeah let's get it popping you know what i'm saying like i said let's get it popping there's, there's there's some things that's happened this week um good bad and indifferent that i think we gotta you know we gotta touch upon so um so first things first before we start hopping off into the deep end of the bullshit we have to absolutely acknowledge the passing of Michael Hayward. Um, he is most most notoriably known for his role in The Wire, that HBO series that came on. We were all too young to understand it, but when you watch it as an adult, you're like, bro, this shit is fucking fire. Um, I'll be honest. I started season one. I haven't gotten through it, but I think now I'm just going to pick up where I left off. <laughs> and, you know, so, right so, so here's the thing with with the wire, and I'll get my um, and I'll get my uh take on you know what I'm saying everything. The wire is similar to Game of Thrones in a way, where it 
where like it starts off really slowly. Right. And and if you're if you're a type of person who's used to a scandal or uh like some instant gratification. Yeah, some instant, some instant gratification, some shine of rhyme, some some um some you know some of those sorts of things or like it it it'll it'll come off really boring to you. But if you're someone who is, you know, if you have some patience with it and it's not it picks up it picks up in halfway through the first season, it's not like Game of Thrones where I remember people told me I gotta I gotta slug through an entire season before it gets good. It's not that bad. I mean, but, but it's literally one of those things where I'm starting to notice about the show. It's you just have to the character development is important. It's you important because everything people are and everything builds so intertwined. So and, yeah. and everything builds off of itself. You know what I'm saying? So like like every so even though things may look like disconnected everything builds off of itself they add new layers in every every year throughout episodes so it's one of those things where you can't just kind of be hot put in like season two season three and and, and just and just be okay like you have to really kind of like see it through you gotta so, invest into like yeah you gotta invest in some time and so and so that was his no, most notable role um, you know, he oh, he he did Boardwalk Boardwalk Empire, if I'm not mistaken. Love His character Chalky was my nigga. I know, I know, but Chalky was my nigga. And then I didn't get into Lovecraft Country, but also I heard that he acted his ass off in that. He um, acted he acted his ass off in every role, but they gave him like he is one of those he's one of those actors, and that you almost you feel bad reducing someone to their art because we know what he produced. Not who he is. That's you know what I'm saying, like, as you, as you say often. But and then you he, have, um, he, he, you know what I'm saying, like we know who he, who you know I'm saying, what he produced, not who he is. But even in his production, the way he gave us, like he gave us his all, he added humanity to characters that you wouldn't expect. May you know, put some of the most complex and you know controversial and complicated characters, and gave them life. And so you know what I'm saying, you on on the craft. On the craft alone, like he's one of the he's one of the greats, and acting is not like football, basketball, where like if you get old, you become out of style. You, it's one of those careers that the older you get, the older you get, you you really just out here, you know, what I'm saying, doing the best that you can. So like, it's you know what I mean, like it's it's it's, it's, it's saddening and it's disappointing from we're we're, we're losing a great actor and a great person right. far too soon. It's and then just coming thinking or looking over like his um his body of work, a lot of the characters that he played were inspired by actual members of his family. And so he's embodying these characters and invoking the emotions of his family members and it's almost in like paying homage. And it's like just if you ever just want to go on a Michael K binge it's worth it. Like, worth it as fuck. As a matter of fact, I really don't have, outside of my, I got some news, so we, we got some church announcements, we'll get outside of that, I don't have any real plans this weekend, and I was definitely planning on just going on a small little bin of some of his roles, and, and because they're all great. Yeah, and they're all worth just investing into. So, to the one thing, not to get off on a tangent, but um, the cause of death was speculated to be from a fentanyl over. And regardless of its speculation, facts, whatever, whatever the case may be, a human being lost their life. Right? I hate how, especially when the discussion is addiction, we 
we immediately victim blame and victim shame. Let me. I don't want to cut you, but like, so here's a here's what it is for me, right? I think we need to we need to reframe how we how we term these deaths due to like fentanyl. They're not overdoses. They're poisonings because. 99 times out of 100, the person who is ingesting this fentanyl does not know that they're taking it. It's not like, you know what I'm saying? And again, we could talk about, we could talk about this the entire episode. It's not like, you know, someone is, you don't have to be an addict to die of an overdose. I want that to be very clear. Um, for, for those who are in the sports world, they understand land bias was the second overall pick in the 1986 draft, I believe. Right. And from all accounts... Of the crack academic. And, and, and at the peak of his athletic career, and from all accounts, the first time he tried Coke, he died. Like, you don't have to be an addict to die of an overdose. Let's First, let's make that clear. Secondly, secondly again, fentanyl is... A synthetic painkiller opioid that's a hundred times stronger than heroin. So, like, it's it it only takes very trace amounts to put somebody down. And two thirds of all of the overdoses that we've seen in this country have been fentanyl related. So, it's not. I don't like the word overdose because overdose sounds like. It, it has a negative connotation. These people were poisoned. These people, Mac Miller, Prince, like, you know, allegedly Michael K. Williams, even the the, the comics, the four comics that passed in a LA house party because their their cocaine was 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 Lace. cut with it, laced with yeah. it. These are poisonings because a poisoning is you did not intentionally ingest this substance that killed you. So you did not know that this substance, this substance was in your body and, and before you died. So like, so like the ignorance, and it is ignorance. And I said, yeah, I said it. People's like, man, like I don't know why people messing with that. Fat. They're not. They're not. Ninety nine point nine percent of these niggas are not intentionally messing with fentanyl. Here's what's really going down. The the pandemic has affected everything, and yes, that includes the drugs too. And a lot of and a lot of your and a lot of your dealers, your plugs, your escobars in quotation marks, are using the are using the fentanyl to cut the dope. So I'm and it'd be really hypocritical as someone who has admittedly drank his way through the pandemic to to sit on my high horse and judge someone else for for the vices they have used to get through the shit show that has been the last two years. Right. All I say. Is if that, if that is your vibe, if that's your if that's your if that's your thing, please get some testing strips, get some tests. You know what I'm saying? Test it. I don't care how well you think you know this nigga that's giving you this shit. Test it. Please. I am never the one to sit here and vice shame, right? You know what I'm saying? Because like my vices look different than yours, and and who am I to say, oh shit, that nigga crack it because he does a couple lines, but here I am like a blunt a day. You know what I'm saying? Or something, whatever, right? Some of y'all are excessive drinkers. Some of y'all, everybody has their vice, right? Addictive behavior is the, the inability to go without. That's an addiction. Some of us are addicted to coffee. 
some of us are addicted. A lot of you niggas addicted to coffee. Baby, I'm addicted to coffee, bitch. I definitely need a cup. Like, baby, you don't like me before my coffee. I'm telling you. Unless I get to sleep in and I get to naturally wake up and fall asleep and go through the cycle of just like rest, whatever that looks like. Oh, I'm not shit when I, uh uh-uh. What? Nope. Any, if I have to be a functioning adult anytime before 6 a.m. and between the hours of 6 and 8 a.m., I'm going to need a cup. Go ahead and pour it. Have it ready. Like, at this point, my man knows to wake me up with a cup of coffee. She ain't going to be shit. Thank you. Like, that's, yeah. But whatever. You know your vices. You know what you can and can't handle. You know what, you know what I'm saying? You know how to handle your handle. I know a lot of functioning crackheads. A lot. And that's not me trying to be funny. I know a lot of functioning cokeheads. We all do. We're in boardrooms all across America. You know what I'm saying? That look like Snow White. I you I think that we get caught up in the culture of shaming the addict and hyping the dealer. You know what I'm saying? They're this, they walk hand in hand. And if you really start thinking about how, not to get off on this tangent either, but if you think about how drug money makes the world go around, we would stop pointing the finger at each other and pointing at the system. But that's, of course, the cataclysm of everything that I, we ever talked about in the podcast is how it's all the system's fault, not each other, right? Let's, but back I mean, to, but wait, but back to the point at hand, right? Right. The point at hand is this. Regardless of the hows, a life was lost and an entire family was impacted and we lost a prolific piece. To we lost a giant, man. We, we lost, lost a, a giant. giant. And let's focus on sending his family love and support. Let's focus on lifting up his art, rewatching his movie, running back some of the series. You know what I'm saying? According to the streets, we're not getting a second season of Lovecraft Prince Week. So run that season one back as many times as you can and enjoy this man and the art that he was able to give. One and and whatever he's whatever he's already shot, like whatever whatever you know, what I'm saying he's done that's you know still in post production that's going to come out. Unfortunately, posthumously support, support, support it. You know what I mean? Like it's different. I I feel some type of way about post- posthumous music because we don't know if that artist ever wanted that shit to come out. But posthumous movies and posthumous TV shows where he's already he's recorded, he's acted, he's shot his scenes, supported. Um, and 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 one final thing is, and just in a cruel twist, twist of irony, I do, I remember we were talking about when Michael K. Williams did DMX's tribute. He did, yeah. I was just getting ready to say that, and it we was, were like, he's got to play DMX in the biopic. Got to, and now. He's going like, hey man, I just want I just want black people to grow old. I just want black entertainers to grow old. I just want niggas to grow old. Bro. Like I like at this the, point, I just want I niggas mean, to grow old. The other and the, the bigger point about that, Calvin, is I want us as a community to take better care of ourselves so that we'll take better care of each other. And I know that sounds corny. I know, I know Alex that's sleazeball corny as shit you've ever said. Yeah, I'm aware. I heard people say it too. But for real. I have noticed that even within myself, when I started focusing on my health, my mental and my physical health, I was a better person to the people around me because taking care of me is taking care of y'all. And we have to start leading with that. I can't take care of the world that is not, and I'm not taking care of myself because I am the base of my ecosystem. So you have to, you have to do you in every sense and in, in, in every sense of the word. But no, rest in peace, Michael K. Williams. You rest in peace, absolutely. Rest in peace to all the people 
Rest in peace to Michael K. Williams. Rest in peace, Mac Miller. Rest in peace, rest in peace Prince. Rest in peace, uh, Fuquan Johnson, one of the comedians that died over the weekend. Rest in peace to everyone we have lost to a fentanyl poisoning. You know what I'm saying? It, over the past several years, like you know, what I mean, it's 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 a it's a it's an epidemic that's going on that's being hidden under a pandemic. Um, but rest in peace to all of them, man. Like we, you're 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 gone, but not forgotten. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we had one of the most inspirational messages from Steve. Now, if you guys are Nick Jr. fans like I was. If you 25 to 30, nigga, you know who Steve is, nigga. You know who Steve from, you know what I'm saying? You know who so Steve, Steve from Blue's Clues is. So nigga, stop capping. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. I'm sorry. I used to say that shit when I was, like, applying for colleges. And every time something came through the mail, like, I would still sing that song. So, yes. Lose Clues is nostalgic for everybody. And number one, A-plus marketing to the Nick Jr. execs who, like, just knew to market Lose Clues to five 30-year-olds. Because we have been hit very hard. And to see, like, Steve came on and gave us this short PSA about, hey, y'all, it's been a while. And look at all that you've been able to accomplish. And look at all that you've been able to do um, since the last time we've seen each other. And I'm not going to lie. When he said that shit, I got a little choked up. because. Dog, sometimes I think that, and we're guilty of it too, and we just have the fortune or misfortune of being able to talk about our struggles on a on a platform every week and being able to hopefully listen have listeners who relate to some of our shit, right? But um, just knowing, it just made us feel very seen and very like, because literally Steve went off to college and we never saw that nigga again. And then he comes back 47 years old, still fine, still looking great as fuck. And giving us a message that, hey, bro. Yeah, I'm going to let you rock because I don't want to interrupt the entire theme, but you was less than over Steve. Wasn't nobody less than over Steve. But you can't say that for 47, for a 47-year-old white man. You That's how you know he's not problematic. He looks great. Okay. Problematic white I'm, people age like milk, bro. But all anyway. right. But yeah, now literally, like, listen, as a kid and as like a, you know, a young teenager, the only thing that hurt worse than Steve randomly leaving the college event saying, okay, here's this new nigga, was free and AJ leaving. I was like, where the fuck are y'all niggas going? I'm not going to lie. I didn't really pay attention to 106 in Park after free and AJ left. Like, I would click, I would watch it if it was on, but, like, none of the hoes hit me like free and AJ did. Their chemistry, their entire, like, what they brought to me, what they brought for me was amazing. They weren't trying to be nothing but themselves. And I'm not saying... I, like, ain't gonna, I still... You know, for some justice, for a little bit of justice for Terrence and Roxy, just because it's so hard to come after the the one of the one of the things in 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 your favorite book, Forty Eight Laws, Forty Eight Laws of Power. Well, fuck you, <laughs> that book of manipulation. Bye. But but one of the things that they say is like it's really hard to come after a great person's shoes and and succeed. Like if you if you're trying to succeed, the goal is to not be the nigga after the nigga everybody remembers, right? So so for Terrence and, and Rossi, they had to come after Free and AJ. So like they could have been perfect. Niggas would have been like, you still not free and AJ. So we still not really fucking with you. So I give them some credit for doing the best they can in a, in a impossible situation. I mean, they stood on their own too. 
I think that when they were going through the transitions of co-hosts, I just wasn't fucking with it. Like, remember when Big Tigger was the host for a second with Jaleesa? Like, oh yeah, yeah, because like, they because they, they, they had canceled my man's uh, Rhapsody in the basement, then brought him out the and, right. But I think that they canceled Rhapsody in the basement because AJ and Free had that de- had dipped off and went on Six and Park just so happened to be the bigger show. And y'all know BET budgets be tight, so listen, some decisions have to be made. <laughs> it's Viacom fault. Listen, Viacom is. I'm pretty sure Viacom was laundering money. I know we know a couple people who work for Viacom. I'm gonna ask them like. Is they book? They gonna give you the? Do you think they gonna give you the rest? No, of absolutely not. I don't think exactly. this. Is, I don't think this are gonna do. It. I'm just like, like, hey, you know, sometimes over a happy hour, be like, hey, nigga, like, some other way. Because honestly, Viacom, Viacom is not gonna see heaven. Here's why Viacom is not gonna see heaven. <laughs> Viacom shows ridiculousness on MTV approximately 27 hours a day. And she shows BT Baby Boy on BT approximately 16 hours a day. And I'm just trying to figure out with all of the old shows that they could use to rerun. Listen, you know how hype a niggas would be if they ran and put a Room Raiders rerun marathon on, a Pit My Ride marathon on, a Next marathon on. Niggas might actually be like, oh shit, let's sit down and watch. If they did some throwback nostalgic ass episodes, you know what? I just might. You feel me? Like, I, I, we reboot and everything else. How come we ain't reboot it next? Honestly, that shady-ass shit, I would not... That shady-ass shit will fit perfectly in 2021 with the shady-ass dating scene we in. That shady-ass shit. You know, I'm not single, so y'all, <laughs> y'all be easy, though. <laughs> Muffin can't wait. <laughs> Wait, you know, I can't, you know, I've been on the timeline. My man, my, my man told me, my man my told me I can't man, go. You head you ass nigga, peasants. fucking head my ass. Man said I cannot be seen with the likes of you, fucking peasants. <laughs> oh girl, bro. I fucking wait to be a bird. Listen, a fucking, a uh, fucking cool. eagle. The bald eagle has landed again. A peacock. <laughs> you anyway. play, you play with his peacock anyway. Awesome. Um, anyway. But yeah, nah, run, run. You know what? We're going to start the campaign. Bring Next back. Because this shady ass show makes. What? Hear me out. What's up? Stop rebooting shit and let's get creative. We can. The last <laughs> thing, there are a couple things that the world doesn't need anymore, okay? The last thing the world needs is another fucking brewery. We don't need another fucking rebrew. We don't. And we don't need any more podcasts. As we say this on our podcast. Yeah, like, bro, like, if you asked me to join the podcast now, I mean, now instead of, like, three years ago, I'd have told you no. Like, we just so happen to have, like, we just so happen to love our platform, and it is, we do what we do with it, and it's developing, it's growing, it's, like, it's not just a waste of time. It's not us, it's not me talking about who gets served first, my kids or my man, and it's not you talking about how bitches ain't shit. So, I mean, you do, though, but that's not the point. I listen. I'm trying really good to not go into heat man woman hater territory today. Please leave me alone. Thank okay, you. Well, you know what I'm saying. I'm just saying. If our podcast was sitting here talking about like me being a pick me and you just not being anti woman, we wouldn't have this as long as we do. But honestly, we're good. Unless it's innovative, unless it's something entertaining. And don't get me wrong. If y'all send me links to different podcasts, I do check them out. Like I, re- I'm not a hater. Like I'm not. But I don't think y'all are honest with y'all friends when their crap sucks. I know y'all not honest with y'all friends because there's too many SoundCloud rappers out here who have five plays. Listen, you got to start somewhere because at one point in time, we only had five plays. 
I'm saying that when you are honest with your friends, like honest with them, like, you know what? This may not be your calling. And that conversation is tough because it's either, it's a very fine line between support and hate. Like that's a very, like, I, I want to see you walk in a direction good for you and my nigga, you just suck. Like, you know, you gotta be, <laughs> like if I started a singing career, there'd be a couple people that'd be like, now Alex. <laughs> Now, baby, baby, baby girl. Um, um, have you, have you, have you tried vocal lessons? Like y'all would ask me what brought me to this conclusion. Like, no, I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what would piss off beloved most. You becoming a fake sneakerhead, or you trying to start a singing career? Maybe because I am closer to being the sneakerhead than starting a singing career. Because like, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure she she might cut you off for the ladder if you try. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm become a singer just like you. She was like, bitch. We all have our lanes. We all have our lanes. This this has been a good run. Um. If you didn't want to be friends no more, just say it. I'm pretty sure. But you know what? I am becoming slowly, slowly becoming. Like, okay. The pandemic was the reason that I got into sneakers because where the fuck was I wearing heels? No, I wore heels to get an oil change. And that's when I knew I had a problem. Like, okay. I'm doing a lot here. But... Yeah, I got into sneakers because of the pandemic, and honestly, I've been enjoying it. Like the colorways are cool, and my foot is big; it's just small enough to get into school grade sizes. I can do some women's sizes, you know what I'm saying? And then in the past, my past relationships for this, I've dated sneakerheads, so getting sneakers was just like what came with the territory. But no, it's been honestly, sneakers are kind of okay. Like there's some sneakers that I'm gonna rebuy. Like I think everybody needs a pair of white chucks. Everybody needs a pair of classic Adidas. Everybody needs a pair of all white Air Force. You just keep those. No, white them. women do not need a pair of all white Air Force ones. Yeah, like not the resale culture. I'm talking about niggas. This is for the niggas, strictly for the niggas. I just had to make sure. Listen, I listen. I am I am on the sandbox out here. Listen, ban white women from accessing Tims and Air Force ones. I'm gonna put that on the t-shirt since everybody putting everything else on a. Oh no, we still got a couple t-shirts we need to sell. So like, here's <laughs> like. Now, Calvin. What? What I do? I said, Moving right along. I'm sorry. I didn't know. See, I can't do shit around this motherfucker. You know what? I'm way too sexy for the shade. I'm way too sexy for the cap. I'm way too sexy for this rap. Wait, listen. Listen. Okay, I, I... so Drake finally released Certified Lover Boy after he got done playing chicken with um, Kanye West. And you know what? The funniest acronym that I heard for this was like Certified Lover Boy and Donda was exactly like that. It felt like this, the uh, beach scene from Moonlight, and I fucking lost it, bro. <laughs> I, uh, but, so of course, I listened. I'm not gonna lie. And I didn't listen. I haven't listened to Donda yet. It's no discrimination. I was just very, I've been very indifferent about the project. Like, I wasn't like, Donda this and Donda that and Donda is style. Where is it at? Like I wasn't, I wasn't one of those people. I am gonna listen to it because I am a lover of art. You know what I'm saying? Not a okay. It's okay. How do I say? This? I I think we all consume music, right? Yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think I consume music in a very different way because I love a project. I love when artists are creative. I love when we're we're getting art from artists because they felt like creating not because they felt like producing. And I think there are two different agendas behind both projects. I think Kanye was, I think both Drake and Kanye are artists in their own right. I think Drake is a producer and Kanye is an artist. And you can tell in the way that, like, 
Drake is Drake is a Drake is so Kanye West is a master of creativity. Um, like he will put like like him, love him, hate him. He'll put he'll do some shit. But it's like, damn, I did not think of that one. I ain't think like. Oh, and, and Drake is a master of execution. Yes. Like Drake's planning may not be as creative, but he'll execute the plan to a way. Like, God damn, boy, I see you. So, like for example, Drake. Instead of doing a normal trackless rollout, he he told y'all the features in billboards of the niggas' hometown. Like he is. the rollout is nuts. I would you know what I'm saying? So like versus so for that's that's execution, right? Drake's like, okay, cool. I am I am I am announcing my album release, hacking ESPN. Then I'm going to roll out features in the artist city. Versus Kanye is like, I'm gonna have three listening events. Y'all not going to know when y'all going to get the album. And y'all going to finally get the album Sunday morning because, I don't know, fuck it. So, just, But so, I think that, and again, I think that there's both. You don't, here's, we don't put bad bitches against them, right? Both artists are prolific. Both artists are, have created life changing, have had life changing moments for me. And, excuse me, have had life changing moments for both, for the both of us. Honestly and truly, um, um, but if you're real, a Drake fan, if you're a Drake fan, this project was underwhelming for me as a Drake fan. I disagree, but you know, music is subjective. Exactly, not underwhelming, but I don't know. A lot of his songs sound like things that I would have heard on Eve or I would have heard on previous projects. Not that they were not good songs, because I'm sorry, Girls Want Girls was written directly about me. That nigga sat down, read my journal, and said that. Said you a lesbian girl, me too. (laughs) Me too. Like, I think that, and then, like, of course, and y'all have already started dropping captions and all that good shit. Like, you know what? I'm not one of those people that hates when y'all drop captions. I love it. I love when artists give us things that we can capture their music because I definitely got some song lyric quotes on my IG. Like, bro, I'm a bird. Hell yeah. But, like, I just think that I think it's fun. I'm not the kind of person that's going to shit on people having a good time. So, hell yeah. Write them captions. He wrote the song for captions. Like, baby. So I look at it like this, right? A couple things. One, a lot of Drake fans are are early Kanye fans, right? right. Because Kanye, especially in his his, his 808th era, is like the the musical and spiritual father to Drake. Um, Can we pause right there? Because you brought up my favorite Kanye West album. My favorite Kanye West album is 808 My favorite. The production on there is in fucking insane. Insane. And also, arguably, which why it's my dark twisted fantasy, right? Because without that, we wouldn't have got Monster. We wouldn't have got um, Gorgeous. We wouldn't have got, like, they were a devil in a blue dress. You like, wouldn't have got, listen, like, there are a lot of things that we wouldn't have gotten without my dark twisted fantasy but I think because of the time what I was going through at the time of 808s and heartbreak it resonated with me how could you be so heartless I was pregnant at the time how could you be so Dr. Evil you bringing out a side of me that I don't know and I am beefed out with my baby daddy baby I played that bitch on repeat loudly <laughs> so I think I think so I think part of it also is timing, right? I think I think I think the, the era and where we are as consumers, 
when we hear a project is important in how we receive said project. So, you know what I'm saying? For me, I wasn't beefed out with nobody when 808s and Heartbreak came. It took me a while to actually get into 808s and Heartbreak because I was such a fan of college dropout, late registration, graduation. So when, that nigga, so, so, so when that nigga took a, 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 not just a left turn, but like one of them hold hold on to your seatbelt left turns, one of them Columbus left turns, you're like, <laughs> You're like, hold on, nigga. Columbus left turn has me crying. Hold the fuck, hold the fuck on. Like, where the fuck are we going? And so it's it is on the west side, strap in. Nigga, if you on if you on the south side, nigga, but anyway. What's crazy is that the east side of the only east side that is actually wholesome is in Cincinnati. Every every other city that I go to and we go to the east side, bitch, you better duck and cover. What the fuck? Like, here's the thing. Our east side is white. That's what we're like. Our east side is so very nice. They're also racist. So it's, it's just, racist as fuck. You know, like, but yeah. you know what? That's a tribute to Cincinnati. We do everything backwards. But go yeah. ahead. So, you know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, my beautiful Dark Twisted Fancy, I remember what I was going through when the album came out. Uh, like, I remember sitting, I remember Good Friday's era where we would sit up like kids on Christmas morning, you know what I'm saying, waiting for. You know what? 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 Good Friday was going to drop, and I remember where I was. With, and I so where I was with Take Care is probably the reason why I have Take Care over nothing was the same when it comes to Drake because I was in the, I was in I was in a space when Take Care dropped that it hit it hit hard it hit whoo boy. Listen. I might agree with you on that one. I think Head, so. headlines and fucking um uh, cameras, nigga. Like she looked like a star, but only on camera. I was like, yes, she does. Fuck I her. Have to hold you. Take Care is the album, is Drake's album that resonated with me too. Like it did, like mobbing on the low, drinking on the low. And also Underground Kings. Yeah, I felt that. Take My Crown to the City. What? Yeah, I, and I was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I was probably in college around the time too. So a lot of that shit was just like, it was hitting all at the, it was all hitting all at the same time. And a bitch was just, in need of that kind of like I don't know that outlet that emotional feelings that I needed something to resonate. Yeah, so, so and I was a pro- also very postpartum when some of these pro- when the that project dropped. So emotionally, Drake is an emotional ass nigga, and you felt it on his album. Funny thing is, I was listening to um, Certified Lover Boy in the car with Kiddo. He is not a Drake fan. He was like, "Mom, can we play something that's not going to make me nod?" Oh. Okay. Tell, listen, tell kid, oh, we will fight anyway. You so here, it. so here's my review on. So like, I think we oftentimes look for reasons to not like the popular people, right? Like, a lot of niggas' entire personality is to be contrarian to public opinion. Like, not because they actually care, just because that's their personality. That's how they. That's how they. That's how they gain notoriety is to be like, look at me, I'm different, corny ass nigga. Anyway. Drake's to me, Certified Lover Boy is a very solid project. It's a very good project. Um, if you're a Drake fan, right? If you are, if you are an established fan of Drake, I think you will like this. If you are not an established fan of Drake, there is nothing on here that will make you a fan of Drake. If that makes I, sense, I agree. Like, there's nothing on here to be like that's going to convert somebody who's not fucking with Drake on Drake's side. Um, I think. With uh, uh, with Drake as always, and with Forty, production on this is crazy. Um, like you know, what I'm saying just how he sampled certain shit, how it's going into uh, different shit. 
transitions. Um, so I like the album. Um, you know what I'm saying? I I think there is. I'm interested in seeing like you know what becomes a standout besides the the, the bad bitch anthem of the year and way too sexy. Um, now, when you say bad bitches, you are talking to niggas, right? Because listen, that is our bad bitch anthem. That is ours. That is ours. That is ours. I just want you hear you, sure. you you hear that your shoulders start moving like little Uzi. It's it's, it's uncontrollable. Listen, I am too sexy for these spam likely calls. <laughs> I am too, I am too sexy for this nine o'clock meeting. I Ooh. I I I am too sexy. For this at before these allergies, I baby, good. I am too sexy for this Friday delivery that I have at my job, baby. I am too sexy. I am. Too I am too. Sexy. I am too sexy for this bullshit text message that's going to come into my phone. We are too sexy for all of it, baby. I am too sexy. Okay, you know what? I but that is a mood. That is an affirmation. That is a vibe. You are way too sexy for the bullshit. Way too sexy for the nonsense. You are way too sexy for the cat. Way too sexy for this rap, okay? You too sexy for that shit. And I'm be honest, when I started to think about the shit that I put up with that I'm way too sexy for, it almost makes you ashamed of yourself. Like, bitch, you a bad bitch. What the fuck is you dealing with that shit for? So yeah, he put out an anthem just, just for me. And it's not about being arrogant because you're too sexy too in your lane, not mine. <laughs> you the baddest bitch on your block. Not, <laughs> not my block, but your block. Not my block, but your block. But your block fine, though. You're right, but and you know what? To even not to even make it into like one of those mom ass lectures when you tell a joke to your mom and she makes it a thing. But like, I have to realize that like, bitch, you doing a good job, bitch. Bitch, you is doing a good job. Like, I'm gonna talk my shit for a second, okay? It's not very often that I get to be arrogant on wax, so like, bear with me, guys. We are, it's September, officially, right? And I feel like this month is going to roll by, and I'm going to look up, it's going to be October, and I'm going to roll by to look up, it's going to roll by. And I'm coming up on the anniversaries of some dates this time last year that came by. Um, I'm coming up on the anniversary of a very important diagnosis. I'm coming up on the, on the date that I decided to release some really big changes in my life. I'm coming up on a lot of different things. And it's hard. What I'm struggling with right now is when you start coming up on the anniversary of milestones or the anniversary of when you decided to do certain or take certain milestones, you oftentimes start to relive or walk back through um, the, the place of trauma that you come from. Like It's like visiting your old neighborhood or our old house. And right now, mentally, I've been walking through some of those traumatic places. And it's funny because I think about some of the shit that I did when going through an immense amount of trauma or heartbreak or disappointment. Dog, I have to sit back and say, you are not allocated for it in a real way, right? Because people recognize it. People recognize, sometimes recognize the changes in you before you recognize the changes in yourself. So you accept the compliments, it's gracious, but sometimes I'm not going to lie. I don't always believe it because I don't always feel it, right? For the first time, I am believing what I'm saying that y'all are telling me and what I'm saying for myself. And I'm not that same girl. I'm not that same lost little soul. I'm not that same blind leading the blind. I'm not, I'm not that same hurt person. I don't even lead from that space. 
And I'm really extremely, extremely proud because a couple months ago, I couldn't peel myself out of bed. And now I literally hit the floor 10 toes down, ready, prepared, prayed up, protected, and loved on. And I started realizing that the time and investment that I was giving to outside things, I started pouring into myself and the blessings started to rain. So take that for what y'all want, but bitch, you doing a good job. And for y'all, for, for everybody who needed to hear that, which is why I think Steve from Blue School's message <laughs> resonated so much. Baby, we have come such a long way. And we have survived and thrived and, and multiplied so much shit. And if you find yourself doubtful, I literally go back. When I'm doubtful of what I was doing, I go back two years ago. I go back six months ago. I literally, I, I flip through my Instagram about the things that I was doing, some of the pictures I've taken. Because you may be smiling in that picture, but you know, you know where you were at mentally and when you took that picture or when you were having this moment. There are certain times where I have been kicking in my heart is depressed as fuck. The height of my depression. And it looks like I am having the time of my life. I go back to that. And I'm like, if you put Alex, the Alex now in those shoes, we'd have had a fucking ball because it'd have been genuine. But sometimes you got to fake the happiness so you can make the happiness. So I get that too. But baby, not even just for myself, but for y'all, for you, Calvin. We are not the same people. And it's a beautiful thing to say that. So, like, I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that. And here's, and, and, you know, I was talking to my therapist, you know what I'm saying? And um, we was talking about some things. Um, so, before I get into that, but it's also like, look at, like, as far as like world events that people in our age group has gone through. We saw, you know, there's a viral thing talking about we were the bridge generation. Like we were the last group of millennials that still remember having to play, going to play outside and like floppy disks. But we also know how to rotate the PDF and we know all about all of the latest inventions and creations. Like we've been through a, a terrorist attack on our own soil. Um, the election of the first African American president. Uh, not one but two global recessions. The elections of our the election of our first orange American president. Um, a, a global pandemic that's still going on, and and so like I think we often struggle because we see, comparatively speaking, that we're not doing as well as our parents did or as well as like our uncles did or something like that. But like understanding the context of like, we were dealt a shit hand. Like all of this stuff is not stuff that like we could control. You know what I'm saying? Like we were dealt a shit hand and we were dealt chicken shit. We make a chicken salad out of it. So giving yourself credit for that is important. And you know, talking with it about my therapist, cause I, I was mentioning to him, you know, some, some frustrations that I had, with and that's part of the reason I said earlier, like I'm blessed out of problems I have. Because he reminded me of where I was six months ago. <laughs> Funny you said six months. He reminded me of where I was six months ago and what and what are my problems were then and what I was stressed about then to compare it to what you're stressed about now. Right. You sometimes you're blessed out of problems that you have. You know what I mean? Like 
we're, 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 you know what I'm saying? We're, as you, because no one promised you there won't be problems. It's just, you, you, when you get to new levels, your problems become different. Your, 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 your choices become different. The decisions you make become different. It's like, and it's, it's real life shit. And so it's like, nigga, you, you stressed out over grad school. Nigga, six months ago, you stressed out over whether you had a job. Like, you're stressed out. You're, you're trying to negotiate a price. Six months ago, you're trying to negotiate keeping your job. Like, you're blessed to have the problem that you have because prior to that, you would pray to be in a position you are in now. And sometimes Ooh. we take that for granted. If not you, then who? Not now, then when? And if not now, then when? And if Only you can prevent forest fires. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I think that just to pat on that, everybody, if you're listening to this, take a second and either chuck yourself a good dude, pull yourself a and, and the least you could do is pat yourself on the motherfucking back because what your what a year ago problems were would not phase you today the way that they phased you yesterday, and that is absolutely worth taking into consideration. Congratulate yourself for it. because the shit that had me my back against the wall then would not get to me today, baby. I am so fucking stressed out, and I'm, the only thing I can do is say I am thankful to be stressed out because what's on my plate I can't. I truly believe that there's. I don't know how I'm gonna handle it, but I'm gonna get this shit together. I'm a boss. That's what bosses do. Like you figure that shit, you literally get it out the mud and figure that shit. That's it. And if you don't have to get it out the mud, be grateful that your problems are easily solved and move forward. Like the one thing I'm gonna end this on a semi-negative, like this second. I think it's very nasty that some of y'all are really happy about the fact that people are losing their unemployment. As if the loud minority of scammers outweighs the loud, the the small, my, the quiet, the quiet minority, minority, quiet majority, yeah. The thank you, the quiet majority of people who are literally about to be on their ass. Let me bring this full circle, okay? They have lifted the um, eviction moratorium. moratorium. Honestly, and honestly, Let that one is the Supreme Court too. Right, the Supreme Court was involved. In that. They they are lifting. The, the eviction moratorium, unemployment benefits are ending and unemployment is still up over, if I'm not mistaken, 65%. Okay, that means that more than half of Americans, one in five of Americans, do not have employment right now. So, I'm going to add context to that because I think that, that last, we want to make sure we're correct, right? So, right. It, so, so, it's, okay. so it, it's still up it's not 50, 60% of Americans or anything like that. It's like, it's up 60% year over year. There we go. Thank, up, thank you. Up 60% year over year. So when I say that, that means that more than not, niggas ain't got no job. More than not, niggas are, are without. Meaning that if they're in the unemployment benefits, a lot of other benefits come into question and play. Like, for instance, SNAP, food stamp benefits, cash assistance benefits, daycare benefits. All of that, because if you're not working, then you don't need child care, which is not the case because a lot of child care providers, a lot of schools are child care providers. The voucher system also walks hand in hand with the child's education. So the effects of that are generational. So okay. it's and let me, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think people, I think there, there's a level of ignorance and a level of privilege and people don't understand, like, unemployment does not provide with you with your full check that you got 
prior to losing your job. Right. It's only at best 60% of your income for and, a select amount of weeks. It's not. In, in Ohio, which is where most of our listeners are, it is 40%. So it is 40% of your of your check. And so when we talk about when we talk about unemployment benefits ending, no, we're not ending unemployment, but they're ending the extra 300 or 600 a week that people were getting due to the pandemic. And so a couple things here. First thing, if, if your job that is hiring cannot match 40% of what someone is getting prior to, and it's based off of your own individual salary, plus a $300 increase per week, you're not paying these niggas enough. First and foremost, let's be very, very clear. You're not paying them enough. Because oftentimes these resale, these re, re, retail jobs, like you're frontline workers, you're putting them in harm's way of, of the pandemic, and you're asking them to take crumbs. Yeah, nigga, right. I probably would. I'll probably give you my ass kiss too. Secondly, and more importantly, I think people don't understand how stringent the actual unemployment application is. And as someone who's went through this. Let me put you on game real quick. I know I may have said it before. Let me put you on game real quick. So when I lost my job, I applied for unemployment the next day. Like literally the next day. Right. They ask you all of these questions. They, they ask for your social security number. They ask for, you know what I'm saying, your work history. They, they ask for the reason why you don't have a job anymore. All of those things ask you that. So another side, another quick side note. You can't get unemployment if you quit from your job. So a lot of these motherfuckers thinking people quit their jobs to get to unemployment. No, if you quit your job, you are uneligible. You're ineligible for unemployment. You have to be let go from your job, whether laid off, fired, terminated, contract ended, whatever the case may be. It's back to my point. So after you, so you apply, they make you submit all of these different things to verify who you are and to verify that you that you don't have your job and to verify that what you were making when your job. And then they send all of that to the person who just fired you to make sure that you're not lying. Then they take, it takes in normal times, three to four weeks to process. Now, I don't have to tell you, we are not in normal times right now. And it took up to six to seven weeks to process it. And that's if they don't need additional information. from you. But guess what? More often than not, they need additional information. So you provide it, you, whatever the case may be. I listen, I had to call these motherfuckers every week for several weeks just to get them to process my shit. Then we go through. And then they decide whether or not you are actually eligible for unemployment. Guess what? They don't make everybody eligible who applies. For a nigga like me, for example, I applied then. They first told me no. That they told me no, that I was not eligible because my employer told me they had fired me because I could not do the job and duties to the, to, to the ability that they expected me to, which was absolute bullshit. So then a nigga has to go through an appeals process. So an appeals process, as I'm sure anyone who has been involved with the legal system will know, is a long-ass process. And so, mind you, during this entire time, I have not seen a single solitary red cent 
from unemployment. And we are now in week nine and ten. To make a long story less long, I it took me a full three plus months from the moment that I applied for unemployment for me to receive a check for said unemployment. Now, by the grace of God, and shout out to my real niggas, my, my appeal was approved because I showed them they're fucking lying. And because they realized, hey, so they gave me a lump sum, which I am thankful for. But also, what people don't understand is that every single week you are asking for unemployment benefits, you have to apply again. And also, pre-COVID, you had to show that you interviewed or apply for a job at least twice in the state of Ohio. Right. Even in the pandemic, they just now, like, they brought it back. But even in the pandemic, you had to go in and apply, like, could not apply for work due to COVID-19 pandemic. So the scammers that you are thinking of are the PPE loan scammers, not the unemployment scammers. Because as, as someone who looks for every possible way, there is not a way you can scam the federal and state unemployment office. The other part about it is this, right? I don't give a fuck, and this is just me being honest, and I'm pretty sure the people gonna come get me for saying this. <laughs> I don't give a fuck about y'all scamming the government. I do not give a fuck about y'all making off like Robin Hood. I don't give a fuck what you did with that PPE loan, that unemployment, none of it. Get your money, sis. We pay into a system that has been robbing us and been manipulating and lying to us this entire time. I'm not mad at y'all doing what you need to do best. Don't be mad at them consequences because that's still, that's, you know what I'm saying? I don't talk. Listen, the, the federal finish. government do not I lose. I don't talk out of both sides of my mouth and the federal government does not lose. I have family members who work for the IRS. They, they come get y'all niggas for the weekend. Okay. This is just medium. So play that very close to the chest and have set aside a little bit of that money for the lawyer. Just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? If you got 40 grand in PPE, put a tie team. You know what I'm saying? You know, so because here's the thing, and, 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 I, and I apologize for cutting you off earlier, baby girl. You know I didn't mean to charge it in my mm-hmm. head, not my heart. We good, Calvin? So, hey, I, again, I'm in full, full endorsement of scamming governments and corporations out of their money. I believe... Show and the scammer wig on and get your I money. believe, listen, I believe self-checkout is a form of black people reparations. It's not? Oh, it, it is it is in this household. Baby, let me tell you something. It's I will for sure. I will for sure ring up this or this steak as a banana. Double that grocery, double that grocery budget by stealing half of it, baby. I don't say Auntie Alex ain't told y'all nothing. Sometimes you got to make the work stretch. Anyway, make it up like Smoky Mama. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But also, corporations and capitalism is inherently evil. So it's so and inherently, fuck it. Them niggas are scamming you in some way, shape, or form. Get your get back. But also. Remember what consequences don't work one way though. Exactly, and and like I told, like I said, the federal government has at last check a ninety-seven percent conviction rate. Do you understand what ninety-seven percent is? So imagine, so nigga, you're not special. Okay. So 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 you don't know sports, but you know Steph Curry is a good shooter, right? Sure. Okay. So for all for everyone else who actually pays attention. So imagine you had the ability, you had the same chance of beating the Fed case as Steph Curry had missing a free throw. Yeah, your ass is going to jail. 
directly to jail. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Matter of fact, give us the $200 you already collected back. So just be mindful that have an exit strategy if you try to scam the federal government. Because they will get you if you play that game way too long. And the federal government do not does not even bring a case against you unless they know they have you because they like turning niggas into rats. You know, it be that way sometimes. It really does. Just saying. Would you six like- nine snitch because he had a Fed case on him and he was like, "Oh, y'all want me to do how many? Okay, uh, it was him. It was him. It was him. It was him." Would you like to get into Alex's hot take of the week? I'm gonna not like it, but sure. Not. So I've got a couple. And you know, hey, Calvin, I know this is probably so. Alex is hot take of the brain. Well, I have a few. Have you ever wondered what's in Oprah's toy? <laughs> well, this has been another episode of Shoot Your Shot Podcast. Uh, good like, night. I don't know where my head was at, clearly in the wrong place. But I wonder, like, do Oprah Stedman do like BDSM shit? Like, Oprah I definitely pegs Stedman. Yeah, Oprah, that. That nigga Stabman definitely looks like he gets pegged. You can't tell me he don't get pegged. Stabman gets pegged, bro. Anyway. They, they pegging out here, bud. They, they pegging out here. They peg, you, 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 like, you, like, you like charcoal ice cream? You, you better learn to like it. You ain't got for cholesterol to be out here. So, Listen. also, my second hot take of the week is, I've never met an Aries woman who wasn't a little gay. All the Aries women I know are got a little fruit in them. They may not admit it, but bitch, like, I see it. Like, bitch, I recognize closet gays. I was once a closet gay. Nah, baby, you be eating a little pussy. I know you do. It's fine. I'm going to leave that entirely the fuck alone because That's that fine. is not my ministry, not my business. Fine. Eating pussy, not your ministry? I, listen, I, listen, I am unlike Lil Boozy. I stay out of the gays' business. You know, fair. You feel me? Listen, I eat pussy in a heterosexual way. I stay out of the gay's business because you know what? That ain't my, you know what I'm saying? I stay in, I stay in my lane. They stay in there. Then if I ever feel like I'm going over to their lane, we put over, we put our turn blinkers on so we don't run into each other. Okay. So you are a lesbian girl too. <laughs> I actually low-key hate that song because I'm just like. I fucking love it. I, anyway. But no, um, I, I mean, saw a tweet. I saw a tweet that said little baby was a lesbian in his past life and I lost it. You know who was really lesbian in their past life? Little Ma- Manny Fresh. He may have been a cop. He for sure looked there, man. I don't want to get in trouble anyway, today. Anyway. No. Uh, <laughs> my last hot take. My last hot take of the week is I know we talk about like ovulation making you horny. Like it's actually rude as fuck. Like, it's rude as a bitch. And I'm pretty sure I've tapped on this before. But ovulation, Alex, has been, like, I am an aggressive guy. I'm aggressive anyway. But ovulation me, I'm aggressive in all spectrum. Like, baby, not only do I want to watch you go in and out like a drive-thru, but I also want to smack the shit out of you. Oh, wait. Hold Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold, hold up, nigga. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. I got, that took a left. I wasn't ready for it. Like, I also, like, be ready to fight. And honestly, when you think about ovulation, all it is is your body demanding a baby. It doesn't knock on the door and say, hey, sis, not about kids lately. Now's a good time. It'd be like, hey, girl. <clears throat> yes, sis, down here. Coochie just screaming, bro. Like, I'm just like, and 
I have the time to be minding my business. My coochie be like, hey, you take some nut today? Well, why not? Now's a good time. Like, that's literally all ovulation is. And my hormones be high. I be emotional. I be sensitive. Touch me. Don't touch me. Get the fuck away from me. Not too far. Nigga, where you going? What the fuck is that? It is the reason that niggas call y'all crazy. I'm not because crazy. I'm because, ovulating. Because here's, here's the thing. So as as a nigga who is minding his nigga business, playing his nigga video games, and all of a sudden you just like, just I you just say, lie because I know your girl. You just look, you look over, and you just like, and like you could tell something wrong. She don't want to talk about it, but you know that like you got it, it, it's something you got to fix anyway. Like, okay. You start, you start running through, or or she mad. It's not even your fault, but you was trying to figure out, did I do something? And it's like, and one thing yes, I can nigga, say, nigga, you did do something wrong. You're fucking breezing. And then you be like, and, 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 and then you make a mistake of like, what you want me to do? Die? She's like, actually. <laughs> I mean, the only problem with you dying is I have to one clean it up and two explain it, and I I don't want to do either. So just breathe over there as quiet as possible. <laughs> or, or she's like, if you die, I gotta kill you. I'm like, wait, who gonna call your mama? Who gonna call your mama? If you die, who gonna call your mama? And so you just, you just sitting there, and you, and you're, 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 you're so confused because you, you know, the individual solutions for individual moves, right? You know, okay, I know how to solve it if she's hungry. I know how to solve it if she's, and I'm, and this is. Very specific, baby. I love you. Do not. This is not towards her in any way, shape, or form. Because I like, I like being alive. Anyway. Excuse me. You better drive slow, homie. The nigga, listen. If I if I, if I die, y'all know who did it. Uh, no, I don't. Anyways, you know individual solutions to individual problems, right? Okay. If she's hungry, I do this. If she's horny, I do this. If she's upset, I do this. If she's sad, I do this. What you what what they don't teach. Is the combo packages like? What do you do if she's like three out of these four? Because it's like, you know, say like you hungry, sad, and horny. Like I can't if I if I offer you dick, you be like, nigga, I don't need dick right now. I'm, I'm sad, but it's also like if I feed you, it's like nigga, I ain't trying to eat right now. But like, but if I come for you, it's like nigga, pull your dick. It's like I don't. And so it niggas don't like solution. Niggas don't like problems that we can't solve. And and dealing with women during ovulation week or 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 or, or shark week or the week that become or PMS week, it's really fucked up. Y'all have one week that's actually like low key normal, and so that don't even look normal because it's like everything okay. It feels like a trap. But one week that y'all not going through something in the, in, in, in the menstrual cycle, it feels like a trap because it feels like. Well, how about this? How about you just not be a dick all the time and make that time? We just a lot we just we just talked about the niggas not even being a dick. You just mad because he's breathing. Yeah, so don't do that so loud. I got asthma and allergies, you ratchet motherfucker. What the fuck do you want from me? To not breathe so loud? I just told you. But like, okay, so I'm being facetious, right? Definitely. I think that what we miss about, um, what the thing is about ovulation is this. I am 30 years old. I've had a period for since I was 15. So I've had a period for half my life. I have learned how to deal with the ups and downs that come with being a woman who has to be, right? Being who mentioned. 
not to exclude anybody who doesn't identify as possible, right? For me... With people with uteruses. No, because they're... Anyway, people who have menstrual cycles, who menstruate, right? There are things that you just cannot, biologically, cannot help. But what you can help, right, is understanding yourself and being a little bit more in tune with what that time period is. I know when I'm being bitchy. Because when I'm being bitchy, I can barely stand myself, let alone other people. And I know when I'm being impatient with myself, let me check the calendar. Let me see where I am with things. Oh, shit, bitch. So that lets you know how you handle yourself so that you'll learn how to handle other people. If your patience is low, you'll be able to communicate that, hey, bro, I'm just really not. It ain't nothing wrong. I'm just not in the mood. Be light. Be 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 a little bit softer and gentler with yourself, so you'll treat other people. And that's something that when I, especially when I'm when I'm ovulating, I am at the height asshole. I am a complete bitch when I am ovulating. I know that about. Me. So I try to put myself in settings that don't allow me to be such a dad. Like, and I know easier said than done, right? Look at me being super emotional, accountable, Alex, right? Doesn't always right. make sense, isn't always effective, but I just maybe because I dealt with a coworker who reacted in a way that was I know for a fact because she was ovulating because like she literally said it. So I knew how to handle her, but I was just like, bitch, if I was not emotionally sensitive, I should have been show up. But it's not nice to talk about her. Anyway. Oh yeah, yeah. So I say this, I say this for all the niggas. Like, look, we trying. Like, isn't it, niggas don't intentionally, we, contrary to popular belief, we try to move very gently during those times of, of the month. Some of y'all. There's, there's nothing to be gained from intentionally pissing the woman off while she's going through the, her ovulation period cycle. There's nothing to be gained from that. You know what I'm saying? Niggas don't, niggas, nah, I'm not, I'm not, mm, not rolling. Niggas, no, no. Well, as a woman who has been mishandled by men on certain occasions, I can tell you that some of y'all enjoy women. There are certain men who enjoy when women are unhappy. Like, it's a very small subsect, y'all. But, like, we're not going to sit here and pretend like there aren't some niggas who actually get off on the fact that women are uncomfortable. Like, creeps absolutely exist. So a nigga knows, like, bro, she's not in the mood. I'm going to be deliberately antagonizing. I've seen it. I've dealt with it. I've been in an abusive relationship. I've been in a couple different manipulative, not so much abusive, but manipulative. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Dating out here is trash. But, like, I've absolutely been in situations with niggas where they were, you saw that I was in a bad mood and decided to be deliberately antagonizing and got out of me exactly what you asked for and then gaslit by calling me crazy. That absolutely does happen now. And I wish that there were less women that could relate to that, but it's not. There are some niggas who truly enjoy when women are either, if a woman is not at service of him or are absolutely miserable, they hate it. Like, Fuck them. But yeah, that, that is out there. And niggas are not as kind or as Gentile as they like to assume they are. Women be catching hell. So, but anyway, that's my tangent on that. Ovulation is very the most aggravating week of my life. Um, I really be trying to get over with, get it over with. And I'm the type of bitch who ovulates three days after her period. So, it's just a filthy time altogether. I think that is the devil's work. That's how it I know is. God is a woman. Because why the fuck would you do that? Like, why would you do that? 
<laughs> is God a woman because God's petty? God, yo, yeah, God, God, no, God is a woman because the way the blessings come are you almost feel undeserved. If you ever been loved by a black woman, that's exactly what it feels like. So that's how I know God is a black woman because the the things that you deal with with black women, yes, but the benefit part, yes. like baby, I don't understand men who have never been loved by black women and just want to allow it to happen, and then I become very grateful because at least you know that you're not deserving. Because the shit that you choose to nitpick with black women about is not worth it, especially with some of these white girls. I'm leaving uh, them alone. I'm leaving them please, alone. Please, because I, I've, we've had a very calm and cool episode. Yeah, Alex shows peace. I just, I just, because I, I just know, listen, I, 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 I my niggas report back to me on how it look, because I ain't been out there in a while. So niggas report back to me. It's ugly. You ain't got the cholesterol to be out here, big dog, like, because it's just. Listen, we talked about it a little bit last week, but and I ain't gonna rehash it. Just understand that, like, that I, my only thing is this narrative, the the, the narrative that it's is all one sided is false. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, because we because we, we know some 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 men and some women who are out here giving these individuals straight hell to deal with and doing it with a coconut smile. We know, right? So. Speaking of which, speaking of which, um, oh, you guys, you you doing a little something, ain't you? I got I have a church announcement, guys, and I'm actually kind of nervous. Look at me blushing. <laughs> um, so your girl is speaking on her first name as proper in the Saturday, three to six at the Black Coffee Lounge, um, hosted by Columbus's very own Chanel, Lee, um, owner of the Vessel Wear brand. Of the Ohio girls do it better. Shout out to her. Um, so your girl's actually sitting on the panel, and in the light of the death passing of Tia Bryant, as we come to find out, as the fact that that story unfolded, come to find out that the spark that he was, you know, just really petty girl drama, and it's something that I think a lot of teenage girls we we attribute it to teenage girls, teenage boys, but we're talking about. Um. A lot of times we create our own toxicity by being deliberately nasty, by being deliberately unkind, unyielding when it comes to being unkind to each other in a way that just feels unnecessary. So Chanel put together, in the, in the light of that, Chanel was inspired to put together called Girls Talk. And it's just us girls. Men are definitely as open to the public. I would not necessarily bring your children because who's I don't know what's going on. Okay. But better not bring your kids. You may not bring your white wife. But um <laughs> no. So it is open to the public. Everybody is welcome. Use your discretion as you use your discretion. But um yeah, I'm really excited to kind of talk about some of the things that plague our black women community, how we can debunk some of the things that are driving us. I mean, debunk some of the myths about black women and black relationships and figure out a way how to truly move forward in a healthy way with each other. Like, not everybody's going to be your sister, but you are, you are, of you not my, you may not always be my sister, but you are of my skin. So part of me does feel obligated to make sure that we pull ourselves together and handle ourselves. The one thing you're going to say about white folks is that them niggas may not like each other, but they stick together. Okay. But, and I think that, there is some truth to that. There is some validity and, and some strength to that. So I'm really looking forward to this Saturday. If you are free, it is absolutely F R E 
that's those free ass event. If all you have is time on your hands, pull up. Um, I would love to see you. Your support is always welcome. And honestly, as your favorite little shit talker, I'm just looking forward to Absolutely, man. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to you. Um, September 11th, Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. This Saturday. So if you're hearing this, this drops on Friday. We talk about tomorrow. And it happens at 3. You know what I'm saying? So even if you just so happen to be running errands in the city, you want to stop by, say support, show support, wonderful. Stay for the whole event. I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up hitting the city afterwards. So hopefully we can grab a bite. No, we are going to grab a bite to eat because a bitch is hungry. She's been eating. Look at you. This is how I know it's a healthy relationship because you're actually eating now. It's not even a healthy relationship. I am healthy. Like, this is a place that I've wanted to get back to. Not gonna lie, I enjoy being that small. I did, but like, it was starting to become uncomfortable because I'm not comfortable in clothes anymore. It's a lot. The body goes through a lot of different So I think a lot of it is I dropped a lot of stress weight. I was holding, my body was holding a lot of things that did not belong. You know what? This is a good place to end this on a good and I got it. But my body was not holding healthy weight, which is why I dropped it and I haven't been able to regain it in the same place. Like the places that I hold weight now are, it's funny because it's not in the places that I would have preferred. Like my face is starting to get a little more fat, which is funny. My thighs are getting fat, but not necessarily my ass, which is cool as fuck. Um, <laughs> Continue. Cool as fuck. Cruel as a motherfucker. But um, even my little stomach, I'm starting to get my little pudge back, which is kind of cute in a way because it's like I'm still I'm still slim, I'm still who I am. But like seeing my st- gaining some weight around my waist and then like eating more so that I can get to a weight where I can start working out and putting that weight where I want it is where I'm really excited. So I say this: the positive note about this is that accept the transitions. You have to love your body through all the things, right? We can say, you know what? I don't really like my hip fit. I don't really like this little butt. I don't really like, you know what I'm saying, my butt. I don't really like my titties. I don't like, I don't like this. There's always something on our body. There's only one thing on my body I would change. And, you know what I'm saying, that's because, like, stress, I have my stomach, you know what I'm saying? I don't really particularly like it, but I understand what came from it, and I appreciate the fact that my body was able to deliver a healthy baby. I give grace and gratitude to my body for being able to do that. This is what was left behind. I don't have to like it, but I do show gratitude and love for myself, right? You have to love you where you are. And that is honestly where I'm going to end this on positive. Love yourself for where you are. We know what's at the end of the tunnel. We know what our nigga we made are. We know what the goals are. Like, we, we all have the boxes in our life that we tangibly want to see ourselves. You're not wrong, okay? But you have to love you for who you are because the who you are is going to get you to who you want to be. And the who you were got you to who you are right now. So show gratitude to that too. Give yourself some more love. Give yourself some more praise. Give yourself some more have back. Give yourself some more grace. Give yourself some more patience. Talk to you how you would talk to your best friend. I would never tell my best friend she a piece of shit. I, why, why are we telling that to her? I'm not going to talk. I have learned to not talk to strangers better than I talk to you. So... With that being said, this is your girl, Allie Nicole. It's your boy, C. Diddy. We are out of here. Peace and blessings. Yo, I'm about to take a chance, yo. Blindfolded with the free throw. Little mama playing a defense. Two seconds on the clock, I'm gone. About to shoot, about to shoot, about to shoot my shot.